What's up, Loki Landers? Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 15 of the Loki Podcast. And guess what? It's our second beer episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Get ready today as we. I got the opportunity to sit down and talk to Eric Marshalls from Marshall Brewing. This is a good one, guys. Listen as we talk about beer and brewing and the beer community, what it looks like in Tulsa, and the story of Marshalls. So get ready for our second brewery convo. It's nice, it's easy, it's low-key, guys. Let's get this started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I am here with Eric Marshall of Marshall's Brewing, and we're drinking up a cold one. This is the collage. The cold, the honey Kolsch. Yep. Can you describe this drink for us a little bit? So basically, it's just real light, easy drinking. It's a traditional uh, German-style beer that's, uh, that's from the region of Cologne, or in Germany as they call it, Köln. So it's Kölsch is the actual pronunciation, but I'd say most people just call it Kölsch. Mm-hmm. That's a good American, good oaky, the Kölsch. Um, but just, you know, the idea, it's real easy drinking, light. Uh, this is a little bit different than what you'd find in Germany because it uses a little bit of honey malt, so you get a little bit of that sort of, uh, little bit sort of that honey sweetness, but uh, it gives it a little bit darker uh, sort of orange color, uh, but just a good easy drinking beer. Um, you pretty much find this here at the tap room or under the name Old 57 Ale at Hideaway. Nice. Um, so they sell a ton of it. Or out at Oktoberfest. This awesome. week, I don't know when this is going to air, yeah. but... but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what um, Are you excited about Oktoberfest or... Yeah, I mean, Oktoberfest is always good. We sell we sell a lot of beer, assuming the weather's going to be nice. It looks like it's going to be really nice. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know... It's a lot more fun to attend than it is to, uh, you yeah. know, work all the logistics behind the scenes. But, uh, but obviously, it's a great Tulsa festival. Um, we love it from that aspect. It's a great beer festival. Celebrates uh, that side of things, and so we're certainly ready, uh, ready for the week to go smoothly, hopefully, and uh, get into next week and into into the holiday season. So October ends up being one of the craziest months for us, and, and yeah, uh, this time of year it's just been nuts. We uh, I've been working on the. Elgin Park Brew Pub with the McNelly's group, so kind of mm-hmm. back and forth between that, and then you got the fair, you've got uh, Oktoberfest, you've got uh, uh, we had the first draft, which is a big beer festival uh, that that the press club puts on uh, last weekend. Just all kinds of stuff. It's just October kind of hits, and then you like to say it slows down, but then it goes straight into the holiday months, and, and which I'm not complaining about, obviously, uh, better than the alternative, but uh, but the guys certainly. Uh, Certainly like the breather you get after the end of the first of the year, so. Yeah. What is what is your favorite beer festival, if you had one? Uh, that's hard to say because uh, I don't know who's going to listen to this and who's going to have a feeling. Certain. No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of great ones, um, you know, for, for different reasons. Um, I think, you know, the McNelly's Harvest Fest is near and dear to, to my heart because that was the first 
uh, beer we ever poured was at McNally's Harvest Fest, the first one they did yeah. uh, eight years ago. So that one's a little near and dear to the heart, and I think they've refined that over time. Um, you've got uh, uh, the, the, the big Oklahoma Craft Beer Festival in, uh, in Oklahoma City that happens in the summertime, which has grown and grown and grown. Hop Jam's become a really cool fest. Yeah. Um, first Draft is probably one of my favorites, probably at the top of the list for me, because it, it ends up being the time of year. Weather's usually really nice. It's down at the... Down at the baseball stadium, so it's a really cool backdrop because you're overlooking the city. Um, it's it's a little bit lower uh, turnout in terms of uh, you know wild brew and some of those you get tons and tons of people, which that's a lot of fun. But the the smaller venue, you get a little more time to chat with some of the some of the beer drinkers and uh, really interact with the people. And like I said, the time of year is great, and so that 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 one's year in year out been been at the top of the list for me as well. And the people. Mm that put it on uh, that are involved with the press club are super passionate about it so yeah that's really uh, so cool. that's always fun as well yeah um can you describe to the audience what what marshall's is basically sure so um so a little of my background i was born and raised here in tulsa um and uh, then went on to the university of tulsa and studied international business in german and while i was in school went and studied over in germany i really fell in love with the beer and brewing culture as it refers to sort of the cultural perspective. Um, and then also, of course, having the opportunity to live near a local brewery and drink fresh local beer. Uh, and then moving back from my senior year of college and not having that opportunity anymore, um, you know, really saw the opportunity uh, for opportunity or for our need for a local brewery here in, in Tulsa. Uh, you had our friends down at Chalk, down in Krebs, um, really were the only other brewery in the state producing from the production level at that point and um, you know we saw a need here in Tulsa um, obviously I, I got intrigued from the cultural perspective like I said and when I moved back didn't really know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life but didn't really want to sit behind a desk which I unfortunately do a fair amount of now <laughs> um, but but brewing gave me the opportunity to really uh, you know get hands-on and create something and, and really, um, the timing was right for us. Um, since then, there's several breweries that have popped up, which I think it's awesome. It's a great time to be a beer drinker, for sure, and beer yeah. lover, which I'm first and foremost. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people making great beer here in the state of Oklahoma, which is, which is a lot of fun. Um, but it was an opportunity for us to sort of get in and get a foothold and kind of be on the forefront of the education perspective uh, of craft beer and, mm. and really kind of approach it from that level. Uh, which was a lot of fun. So, so we started in um, 2007, putting everything together, and then 2008, uh, April of 2008, excuse me, mid-May of 2008, sold our first beer. So the end of April, we brewed our first batches. Um, and it was really an interesting time. I mean, people were really thirsty for, for more stuff, more craft beer. Um, and it was, a, it was an interesting time to jump in as a local brewery. I think a lot of people... Um, there was a lot of misconceptions about what you could do, obviously, with the, with the crazy liquor laws we have in this state. Oh, yeah. So I think a lot of people thought everything we made was 3-2. So that took some, some educating folks to say, no, 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 uh, Everything we make is in excess of 3-2. We have to sell through the distribution system, uh, blah, 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 blah. But I think once people kind of got past that and we were able to get our beer in certain places, uh, people really started to embrace the local aspect of it. And... Um, and really got our foothold and started to grow that path. And then you started seeing some others. So about a year later, after we opened, Coop 
coop opened up in Oklahoma City, and they've uh, they've grown and been making great beers. And then you start seeing a bunch of others pop up along the way. Uh, you know, Anthem, uh, Rough Tail, Dead Armadillo, um, just a bunch of guys. I'm gonna yeah. stop naming names. Prairie, American Slayer. I'm gonna stop naming <laughs> names because I'm gonna forget somebody. Uh, but anyways, you know, everybody kind of doing something a little bit different and. and uh, bringing their take of, of things to, to Oklahoma. And so it's been fun to watch that grow. And then the past year, uh, going through some of this legislative change stuff, uh, really has allowed us the opportunity to all really come together and work towards a, a common goal and promote the industry, uh, but also fight for uh, some protections for, for craft brewers and some things that could potentially be great for this industry and help folks as they, they move forward. Um, so uh, that's kind of a roundabout story. I covered a whole bunch of different different parts of what your oh, question okay. was but you know i think for us uh you know we're an oklahoma craft brewer we focus on um a lot of times on, on more traditional styles but but really bringing um you know a good quality focus uh to craft beer and the, and the craft culture and really building the craft culture here in oklahoma mm-hmm. um and and i think that uh, we have uh, we've enjoyed that opportunity. We've got great people that work here that are really passionate about what they do. We always say there's a lot of love in our beer, but no ego, because we yeah. understand one, not everybody's going to like every style of beer, um, but but two, uh, and and two, maybe not everybody's going to like our take on a particular style. Uh, but the guys that work here really do love and care and are passionate about what they do. That you can be assured that there's a lot of love and care in our beer. Yeah, uh, and, and so and I, and I think that and I think that's. Mm-hmm been one of the rewarding things for me as 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 a brewery owner as a business owner um is i always say you know you don't make a lot of money being a being a brewer being a craft brewer but at the end of the day you're making beer and that's a lot cooler than a lot of other things and i think uh, (laughs) it's cool for me that that i've got a bunch of group of guys that are really passionate really love what they do uh and they're happy to come into work most of the time yeah there's stressful times there's things that go wrong like everything um, and uh, it really is a lot of hard physical manual labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, you can you can walk out here now that we can do the whole tap room thing. You can walk out here and somebody's smiling, drinking a pint of beer that you've busted your ass all day long to make, and and uh, kind of makes awesome. things right at that at that sense. And so for us to to be able to do that, continue to grow at doing what we're doing, and now starting to uh, experience some uh, some some change and some laws that make things a little more favorable on our end. And seeing some of our, our friends and some, some people uh, spin off or, or start their own own breweries and start to see a lot of good stuff uh, happening is, is, is really cool. So um, that kind of, that's a whole lot wrapped up into one, one, uh, one answer to a question there. So hopefully I didn't veer too far off. No, I'm, I'm okay with that answer. <laughs> what, uh, what, what made you personally passionate about being in the craft beer industry and, uh, what, what kind of like, what, what do you love about it? Yeah. Sure. So I, I think, again, it kind of, I was kind of drawn back from the cultural perspective, which a lot of people are like, what, what does that mean? You're a, you're a college kid in Germany drinking, drinking fresh beer. Uh, yeah. That's not hard to understand. Well, for me, it's more like, uh, I always like to tell the story, cultural perspective of uh, what, what does that mean? So when I was in seventh grade, my family, we went skiing in Keystone, Colorado, and I picked up a shirt. Uh, that I proudly wore to school the next week that apparently looked like a Heineken beer label. In seventh grade, I was naive. I didn't know what a Heineken was. I just thought it was a cool shirt, right? So it didn't say anything about beer on it at all, but but I got sent to the principal's office. They told me if 
I didn't turn my shirt inside out or put a different shirt on, I was going to be sent home from school. That's funny. So, welcome to Oklahoma, right? So, the polar opposite of that you find in Germany, where beer and brewing and the local brewery is very celebrated in the culture, part of the culture. Mm. Um, but by the time you see kids in kindergarten, every one of those kids has a hat, a t-shirt, a backpack. All of their sports teams are sponsored by the local brewery. It's just the local brewery is so intertwined with the local community um, that it's just a huge part of the culture and very celebrated on that front. And, um, you know, that was really fascinating to me. And obviously, um, Germany is very celebrated for, for its beer culture anyways. Uh, very traditional, great, great beers. And having the opportunity to be over there and drink fresh local beer um, was just awesome. And, yeah. and that really got me excited. I had done some home brewing with an older brother. Uh, I worked at a liquor store in college and really started to experience, uh, you know, open my, open my uh, horizons and taste a bunch of different beers and craft beers. And, and uh, it was really starting to get, get rolling and going crazy at that point. Uh, and so, again, just saw the opportunity for it. And, uh, you know, I think this industry, it's growing like crazy, probably in some, some ways unhealthy, but it's a really... Uh, cool industry from the perspective of, um, you know, one, one quote that I heard a long time ago that I really loved is craft brewing industry is uh, 99% asshole free, which means everybody is so cool from the perspective of uh, the majority of the people are beer lovers first. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they want to go out and drink good beer and we're inspired by each other um, and, and really have each other's backs in a lot of senses. And so the cool thing in saying that is, uh, you know, I don't have a problem picking up the phone and calling uh, my buddy Mike down at Chalk and saying, hey, we're having this problem. Have you guys ever experienced this? Or, hey, man, he called me a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, we are four bags short of wheat malt, and it's totally going to mess our week up. Is there any way you can hook us up? And I said, yeah, send somebody down. Yeah. Uh, and they've done that with us before on, That's on really cool. Cascade Hops. And, and, and we've done it uh, with Battered Boar for, for Bottle Crowns or things of that nature. Um, or, um, hey, man, we, we had this problem. Uh, so we had this problem, and we figured out this is what it was. So you may want to tell your guys to keep an eye on that and your cleaning processes and so on because we don't want you guys to run into the problem where, um, you know, you've got a contamination issue because this was overlooked or something along those lines. So um, I think that's really cool. One, one great example, too, is uh, Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada is one of the biggest craft brewers in the country all over the place. Um, Ken Grossman, who started Sierra Nevada, has invested millions and millions and millions of dollars into beer quality, into draft beer quality, all of this stuff. Stuff that he could use as a competitive advantage um, because he's got the money to spend to do all this research. But no, for the good of the industry, he's published, uh, he's published different reports and everything that they found and shared with the entire industry so that all draft beer, all quality, you know, everything is, is at, uh, at the utmost quality. Um, mm -hmm. Even if that means it's somebody else likes his, you know, their beer better than his beer, it's going to knock them off. As long as it's quality beer out there, um, that's a win for him. And so I think that's a great highlight of what's so cool about this industry. Uh, and again, I think the passion, uh, the passion for tradition, the passion for innovation, um, it's just so cool. It very much is an art and a craft. And so to, uh, to be involved in that, to be inspired on a, on a daily basis by, by your peers uh, in, in the industry, but also have that level of, 
of openness to be able to say, hey, this is exactly how I made this beer. This is exactly what, you know, I didn't like about this process or that process mm -hmm. and be very open with it. Even, even, even if you want to boil it down and see that you're on the same, same level as competitors on that front, but it's just about beer quality and everything on a whole. And so hey, from that perspective, it's just very rewarding. And then of course, at the end of the day, uh, making something you're passionate about, but giving uh, a population, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the surrounding area that we're in, giving people something to be proud of that, hey, this is our local, this is one of our local breweries. You need to try this out uh, is, is really awesome. That is cool. Man, that was really, that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little passionate about yeah, this no, I'm, I'm glad because, <laughs> you know, what, what made you decide, like, I want to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma? So uh, that's a great question. People ask that all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the opportunity, especially I studied an apprentice over in Germany and, and really having the opportunity pretty much, I got offered to go help start up and be a brewmaster and it, for, a, for a brewery right outside of Moscow, which probably would have been pretty cool. I didn't speak Russian, yeah. uh, but it probably would have been pretty cool for a little while uh, or, or to stay in Germany for a bit or kind of be anywhere. And so um, I, uh, I moved back, went to work for Victory, which is just outside of Philadelphia. I could have been there. I could probably still be there if I wanted to, but Tulsa's home. This is where I grew up, where family is, friends are. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think there's there's a level of pride and a sense of pride of people if you're born and raised here. Um, I think the best thing about Oklahoma is the people, um, yeah. you know, the makeup of the people, the, the um, you know, just, just courtesy, courteous people uh, and uh, courteous. You like my words I'm making <laughs> yeah. up here? Maybe I need to drink a couple more beers. Um, the, the, the courtesy of people and, and just the, the overall, uh, you know, caring about, about each other. Um, and, and so I really wanted to be home. I knew, you know, if I, if I, uh, was going to set down any roots, I wanted to be here. I wanted, wanted kids to grow up here and so on. Uh, and then fortunately saw the opportunity, uh, to do it and really get in at the forefront of the craft, uh, side of things here in Oklahoma. So cool, man. It's really cool. Uh, what was the first beer you had that made you realize craft beer was going to be a bigger part of your life? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think that, I think it starts from a progression of, um, you know, you go from drinking the cheapest stuff possible when you're, when you're early on in college, 21, of course. <laughs> um, and, and then, um, you know, the fortune, I've got an older brother who, about six seven years older than me so he kind of exposed me to a few things and and and, and my dad as well and I think a couple of the first beers that I always say um, that weren't necessarily craft beers but were are imports that were just very different than your your mass-produced lagers that we get here so um, the two I can think off the top of my head were Newcastle brown ale and then a beer you don't get here anymore which is a McEwen's India pale ale out of Scotland and so both of those were kind of like, man, beer, beer can taste very different. Mm -hmm. uh, then you kind of focus back to, you know, this part of the world. And, and I always give uh, Boulevard Wheat a whole lot of credit because um, while it's a style, wheat's a style that's very, uh, you know, approachable and kind of one of those uh, transitional beers. That very much was a beer for a lot of people that turned them into craft beer because, um, because you get the sense that, oh, man, this is very approachable it's very drinkable it's different enough from your your mainstream beers but man it's got something different to it and beer can taste different this is awesome um so i give boulevard a lot of credit i think they're a great brewery 
um, for all the standard year-round beers that they make are very solid, good, traditional styles that are easy drinking, approachable, uh, but are very well crafted. And then, of course, they've gone on to do their Smokestack series, which are kind of some of the more beer geek gears and more more um, uh, uh, niche beers or so on that are just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but So you get into some of those. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, of course. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they first start drinking a video, that's a staple. Um, you know, and then you start to get into a lot of different stuff. You start to get into some of the left-hand beers. You start to get mm-hmm. in, you know, what, what was available around here. Yeah. Um, and so I think the opportunity to um, work at the liquor store when I was in college and really have the opportunity to try a bunch of beers, that's what just got me excited. It's like, man, you know, if I'm going to drink some beers, I want to I taste it. I want to enjoy it. And, um, you know, that was, uh, was kind of what led me, I think, into, uh, into the love of craft beer. That's awesome. Is, uh, is working at a brewery different than what you thought it would be? Um, I think the guys, the guys around here say a lot of time uh, that I think there's a lot of people that like the idea of working in a brewery but don't actually like working in a brewery. Yeah. Because it is very hard. I mean, it's, it's, a hard, it's hard work. It's physical manual labor. Um, in a lot of senses, you're a glorified janitor because you just got to keep things clean and sanitary uh, so, that, so that the yeast can do its job and actually make the beer. Um, I think, um, you know, obviously since I had apprenticed and studied and, and brewed at a couple different places before starting this up, I obviously knew what I was getting into before I started. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that uh, when you start your own brewery and get things up and going, especially in a, in a place like Oklahoma where there weren't a whole lot of people before you, um, you know, to kind of blaze the trail, there was a lot of things that we had to do, you know, with the hyper-local, you know, city governments and things of that nature navigating some things and so on that uh it became a little more of a challenge a little more difficult than i think we originally thought but um but uh but at the same time i mean from the from the actual production side i think you knew what to expect um but i don't think anybody could have expected when we started eight and a half years ago there was about 1500 craft breweries there's almost 4500 now and opening at a pace of like 1.8 breweries per day Jeez. in the united states so i think that that's probably the biggest thing that's like holy shit man Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> i guess we're not on national radio so <laughs> is is you know the the explosion that you see there um but we're still continuing to grow and i think everybody in oklahoma can kind of say that too and so I think that that's, that's what kind of shocks you uh, more than anything about that. But, you know, getting into being around eight and a half years or so on, and, and now obviously having the opportunity to, or the ability to have, uh, have a tap room and, 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 uh, and so on, that's really kind of opened some doors and, and been a new opportunity or fun to, to deal with, to do tap room only beers, to uh, interact with the customer at a whole new level. Uh, and really continue to build that craft culture, uh, which has been awesome. So, I mean, I think in, in a lot of senses, it's like, yeah, we could have we should have been able to, to, uh, to, to get some laws changed earlier, but at the same time, how quickly we got a massive amount of law change, um, especially over the last couple of years and potentially more coming, coming up, um, I think that that has, uh, has been a little bit of a surprise too. I mean, it's, it's, on one sense, it's like, man, we should have been able to do this from the get-go, but 
But on the other side, it's like, man, how long it took somebody to get laws changed in general and how young our industry still is, uh, I, I think is kind of exciting. But again, it opens the whole, it opens a whole new uh, realm for us too because um, it gives us the ability to do one-off beers and sell them all out, out the door here and, and really experiment, have some fun, let the creativity go wild with some of these guys and, and really highlight the, the talent and the passion and the love that, that our brewers have here. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. That is awesome. What are, what are the biggest problems you run into in producing beer? Um, I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of it specifically in Oklahoma, um, you know, there's, there was definitely a legislative challenge or legal, legal challenges to what you can and can't do. I mean, I think a lot of people think Oklahoma is the worst or was the worst. Um, I don't think we're the worst. We're definitely, we're definitely at the top of the list in terms of restrictive uh, environment, but at the same time, there were a lot of opportunities. It didn't hinder us from growing, uh, which is good. Uh, you know, and, 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 and I think from the other side of that is uh, um, really not having a whole lot of breweries prior to. Um, I think people didn't really know how to treat us from the perspective of, you know, licensing and, uh, and uh, permitting and things of that nature uh, and, 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 you know, inspecting to make sure that we are in compliance with this, that, and whatever. Breweries very are, are much, much different than, than other food producing, uh, food manufacturers. Uh, but, you know, we're, we all fall under the realm of food manufacturing. So there were some things that, uh, that we kind of had to educate some folks on in order to, to, to make things happen on that front. So, you know, there was, there was definitely the challenges there, um, I think from a national perspective as well. Um, a lot of small breweries having the ability to operate a tap room really helps keep the lights on and get that cash flowing early. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't have that opportunity. So, so, um, so there was that. I think the other side of it, too, is, um, um, you know, being in Oklahoma, there's not a lot of people with brewing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in the growth side of things, uh, it's not a, hey, I'm going to hire you to be a brewer because you've got 10 years experience and you can plug and play immediately very much there was a lot of training process Mm. Um, but uh, fortunately or initially um, you know the guys that I was able to hire were real good friends of mine that I knew I could trust I knew were really hard workers Uh, I knew that cared more than just hey I'm working at a brewery uh, that you know a buddy of theirs was the owner and was paying them and so on so there was a little bit more pride in that factor and that's carried through. Unfortunately, those guys are my, my key guys now. And, and, uh, mm. and, you know, I don't even have to blink when, when I'm not around because, uh, you know, I know that their heart and soul is in it as well. Um, and uh, so, so that's pretty cool. But, you know, moving forward, it, it, it is, it's changed the, changed the way you really have to approach hiring and finding, finding the right people. I think more and more you're seeing more brewers available and so on. So that's making it a little bit easier. But those are just some of the, the challenges, I guess, specific to, to our industry around here. Cool. How, how many batches of beer do you make in a typical month or a year? Um, I was going to say, I thought you were going to ask me how many batches of beer we made. <laughs> I'm trying to look at the, trying to look at the, we're almost at, or we're a little over 1,700 batches of beer that we've made in a wow. year. So um, we sell about, last year and this year, we'll sell about, 4,000 to 4,200 barrels of beer, which a barrel of beer is 31 gallons. So that's the equivalent of about 55 to 60,000 cases of beer in a year. 
Um, so there's breweries that are a lot bigger than us. There's breweries in the state that are bigger than us. Um, we're not quite at our sweet spot yet, but uh, we're probably not too far away from it. Um, I don't want to be a huge brewery. I want to stay small and regional. Uh, it gives a lot more flexibility in terms of what we want to do. Uh, and with the breweries continuing to open all the time, um, you, you know, I think that, uh, that you start to see the market squeezed a little bit. But, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you get to that level where you're doing 15, 30, 40, 60,000 barrels a year. It's just, it's, it gets so competitive and so you start to lose a little bit of control along the way. Hmm. Um, not, not to say that the people out there that are doing it at that level don't have control because obviously there's people doing doing great great stuff at those bigger levels but that's just kind of the, the approach that we've taken with it um i've always said if we hit the level where we want to hit we could sell beer only in oklahoma i would be 100 percent okay with that yeah. um, because we have a lot more control and know where our product's going and so on um, we've made some great partners with the wholesaler uh both in kansas and arkansas uh and those have been those have been solid markets for us and, and we're continuing to grow uh, and, and sell some beer over there, so so that's great for us. Um, but um, you know, it's exciting that we continue to grow in Oklahoma and that people are drinking more and more of our stuff. So that's awesome. What is what is your favorite style to brew and why? <laughs> that's a tough question. Um, I think it, it's it's very dependent on the year, um, time of year. Um, I think if you probably watch me throughout the year and sort of what we drink the most and 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 passion would probably lean more towards pilsners um so we make pilsner year-round or old pavilion and then we've got a low point a three two pilsner that we make called the folks pills uh, i probably drink those most most anything and i get really excited about good fresh pilsners it's a very traditional style um having spent time studying and apprenticing in germany it's a style near and dear to my heart um so i think that uh i think that if if I had if I would somebody put a thumb on me and that's what you had to do it would be that um, I would say one of the beers that that I'm most proud of that we make uh, really because we spent about a year developing it because I'd never heard, I'd never had the style until I went to a beer festival um, and decided after trying one uh, that I wanted to brew one and just had to kind of remember what it tasted like and do some research and reading and whatnot but it was a uh, uh, black IPA or an India black ale and so beer that we make called El Kukui that comes out uh, mm. around Halloween it's like eight and a half percent it's more of I guess a imperial India black ale or whatever yeah um, but uh, that's one of those beers that I just I think that we after spending the time and really you know honing that and developing the the malt base and then uh, the hop profile uh, I was re- I'm really proud of that beer and year in and year out um, it's it's consistently delicious and people get really excited about that uh from that perspective and so that's probably one of the beers that we make that i'm most proud of i mean there's a lot of them <laughs> it's, like, it's like people always joke it's like it's like asking somebody who's their favorite kid uh which i always also jokingly say that i could i could tell you who was my favorite kid up until about 10 months ago because now i have two kids but uh, <laughs> but uh but um but it really is i mean you know i love I love all the beers that we make, you know, from different perspectives. Um, but if you watch me year-round, I probably drink our pills no more than anything else. Hmm. Okay. What uh, What other brewery has inspired you the most, and uh, why? 
I know it's tough because there's a, there's a ton. There's of them. a ton. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, I think start with with victory, which is where I brewed before starting this uh, in Pennsylvania, um, and a lot of it was a they gave me an opportunity to experience the the craft industry from the the, the brewer side of things before starting this. Um, but man, they make really good beer, and and we both the owners of that and, and myself really kind of started from a similar similar perspective so both of us went to germany studied an apprentice um there's two of them that actually did it uh and then started but really with the love of good traditional beers uh english beers german beers and so on um but really as they've continued to expand uh, their focus on quality um has really been at the forefront and so I think that's inspiring. Uh, I mentioned Boulevard earlier. I think they're a great example of, uh, you know, Midwest brewery that, that really has started with focusing on, on what the market, uh, what the market would take uh, in terms of the styles of beer that they made and so on, but then slowly developed over time where they're making, they're pushing a little bit more in terms of, uh, you know, going more from like super approachable beers to some that are a little bit more niche and, and amping things up a little bit more here and there. I think they're a great example of that. Um, and then, of course, you go to Colorado, and you've got tons of great breweries like uh, New Belgium, obviously, mm. uh, Odell's, which, God, they make phenomenal oh, beers. Gosh, yeah. um, but I think as, as you move along, I, man, I don't know. There's so many. You can't, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't name. But I think, I think really cool as you go along and see. Um, I had the opportunity a few years ago, a buddy of mine's a... Um, works in the quality department at Fuller's in London, and he invited me to come out to the London Brewers Alliance, which is basically the London Brewers Guild, and uh, meet some of the folks. And it's, it's really cool to see because I always say um, the craft industry in the U.S. was inspired by every other beer culture uh, in the world. Um, that opportunity gave me the ability to see uh, how the American craft industry is now inspiring every other beer culture in the world. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think when you look at that, it's cool because you had small craft brewers uh, in London, along with you know Fuller's and some of these guys who've been around for centuries. Um, but now you're starting to see small craft brewers who are focusing on very traditional English styles, but also some that are going full out into imperial IPAs and imperial stouts and just crazy American uh, craft style of beers. And I think you're starting to see... German uh, German breweries doing that, Belgian breweries doing that, mm. and so I think that that's uh, what's really cool and really inspiring to see is that all of the craft brewing brethren here are now starting to uh, you know influence everybody else, uh, and so that's why I think a it's really hard to pick you know focus on yeah. one. Obviously, I've got some that that, that you know that, that I love and and uh, and are inspired by, but I mean I think we draw inspiration from I draw inspiration from local guys as well doing doing cool stuff so that's awesome which which hops are you guys using we use man i i'd have to go pull up a whole list we use a ton of different hops okay we use hops from all over from primarily pacific northwest some from australia new zealand tasmania uh czech republic germany wow uh, all over the place so we use we use quite a bit um so uh, it would have to be dependent on which beer to answer, answer your question. But a lot of, I mean, we use a lot of the big, crazy American varietals, some of the traditional Americans as well as, as traditional German varietals as well. Nice. 
What, what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone who thinks they want to get into the craft beer industry? Um, I think it very much is uh, do your research, know what you're getting into, um, especially nowadays. The environment is more competitive than ever. Um, you really need to know what you're doing. Uh, you really need to know uh, your laws, uh, your, your legal environment. You really yeah. need to know, um, you know, what's out there in terms of, um, you know, what model you're going to focus on and so on. So there's so many different things now that, uh, that, that I mean, I think as much research and and to get as prepared as possible, um, the better. And so um, I think a lot of people don't realize either how much money it costs to get started, uh, and, and it's not easy. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who start at homebrew and do a couple of different batches, and I'm not knocking anybody here, do a couple of different batches of beer that their neighbors or their buddies love, and they think, oh, man, I can do this. Uh, but then they don't realize how difficult it is to consistently uh, produce one product. Uh, and, and I think that's the importance of it because if you're not consistently producing and you're not paying attention to all the finer points of, uh, of the quality aspect of it, um, you can lose a lot of money really quick in this business. Yeah. Because it is very capital intensive. Yeah, that makes sense. What are, what are, some, of your, um, what are some of your drinks... And then some of your signature drinks, and then kind of just describe them. Uh, beers, you mean? Yeah. Um, so our flagship beer is going to be Atlas IPA. Um, it is more of a traditional English or East Coast style IPA, meaning it's got a lot more of a malt backbone than okay. than your West Coast style. Which a good example of West Coast style, at least locally, would be Coop F5 or Anthem's IPA or mm. uh, Rough Tail IPA. Um, they focus a lot more on the West Coast style, which, um, which has a um, much more bright hop character. It's more in your face in terms of, of, of the hops, whereas the English style or the, the East Coast style like the Atlas is, it's got a lot more caramelly malt character to it to really balance out some of the bitterness, but there's still a good punch of, of, uh, of hop character to it as well. So, um, so that's our flagship. That would be 1A. 1B would probably be Sundown Wheat, which, uh, which Sundown, I always like to describe as a Belgian-inspired American wheat. So it's American wheat typical of like a boulevard, but it's spiced like a Belgian IP, or spiced like a Belgian wit beer, um, like a Hoe Garden or an or a Americanized version would be Blue Moon, spiced with orange peel and, and coriander. So it kind of finds a little medium point between the two. Gives a nice citrusy sweetness from the, the orange peel. And nice spiciness from the uh, the coriander, but real easy drinking. Uh, a lot of people who say, "Oh, I don't like wheat beers," try that, and it's like, "Oh, this is it's actually pretty nice." Uh, mm. So, uh, so those are two, and, and then um, typically our seasonal will be number three in that lineup. So we've got Oktoberfest, which is a traditional. That's our seasonal right now. Traditional German Martin style, uh, real malty, uh, but easy drinking. Uh, sneak up on you if you're not careful because it's right at six <laughs> percent. Then you move into the winter seasonal, which is a big Jaboak porter, which is a it's an American robust porter. So real sort of bittersweet chocolate notes, um, kind of a heavy, full uh, palate, which is a really great winter winter warmer, I guess. Real warm drinking in the winter time. Uh, great. And then you move into our revival red, which is our spring seasonal, which I guess now. 
would technically be considered a red IPA. There's so many different IPA categories out there mm-hmm. now. Um, that uh, it's it's a it's got a real deep red color to it, real full thick malt sweetness to it, but some good floral citrusy hops to it. Dry hop got a nice big aroma, uh, and then one our seasonal probably most known for I guess would be our Arrowhead Pale Ale, um, which is uh, more of the West Coast style, so it's uh, a little more in your face in the hop side of things with uh, for a pale ale. Uh, and primarily uses citra, which is a real big, uh, fresh grapefruit, a little bit of peachy character. So real, um, real fruity. Oh, God, it's freaking good. I miss, I'm sad that that beer's out for the season. Um, yeah. And then, of course, as you get into to some of the others, um, like I said, one of, our, one of more of my favorites would be the Pilsner. So real crisp, clean, traditional pills, but with a nice, sharp sort of a hop finish to it. Um, so some of those, and then of course, man, I could keep going on and on and on because just craft breweries have grown and grown and grown, and I think we've made probably thirty different styles of beer this year. So it's kind of crazy when you That's start awesome. thinking about that. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I think I think one thing that we strive for, or if you had to kind of pick a house character that a lot of people, if you asked a bunch of people, I would say balance is probably. Um, somewhat of a, a characteristic for us. So we try to find a good amount of balance in, in beers so it's not overly hoppy or overly malty. And now we do have some of those beers that fall in there. But just a nice balance, nice harmony between malt and hops within the style kind of kind of would be more of a house character for us, I would say. That's cool. Where, where, can, people, where can people find you? So tons of bars and restaurants throughout, uh, throughout Oklahoma, Kansas, and Arkansas. Uh, liquor stores um, which is where you can find our um, our packaged product or bottles um, and as well as the tap room so since the end of August we've been able to operate um, tap room selling full strength beer out of here so um, we sell beer by the pint growler to go we both sell six packs to go you can buy kegs from us and so on so um, so that is, uh, is is where you can find us at the moment um, there is some uh, potential law change coming up that may expand that within the next couple of years, uh, but it depends on how the, uh, the citizens vote on that front and, uh, and, and what the expansion will be uh, moving forward. But basically there's a question coming up on the ballot that essentially um, will eliminate 3-2 beer and then open distribution to, um, to different points of retail. So... Um, um, grocery and convenience store will be able to have beer and wine um, and so on so um, that won't go into if it does pass uh, on the ballot coming up um, it wouldn't go into effect until October of 2018 mm. um, so there's some time to, to adjust some things and so on but in the time being bars restaurants liquor stores and at the brewery cool how how can how can people support you um, I would say uh, drink our beer. <laughs> drink our beer. I, you know, I, and I'll, I'll go ahead and plug just drink craft beer in general. Uh, drink craft beer. Drink Oklahoma craft beer when you get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And obviously at the end of the day, it's a business, so we'd love for you to drink our beer. Um, <laughs> but like I said, we've got a lot of great friends uh, in this industry uh, worldwide, but, but, but certainly here in Oklahoma and when when given the opportunity, um, I, I would uh, encourage folks to support your local brewers. And um, more than anything, if you got people out there, if you got buddies that are 
macro beer drinkers, Bud Miller Coors drinkers. Uh, start slowly bringing them into the world of craft beer. Bring them on a brewery yeah. tour. Uh, introduce them to uh, introduce them to craft beer. Don't 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 take that person who's a lifelong Coors Light drinker and give them a, a double IPA because you're probably going to turn them off. But you know, yeah. try to turn them on to a, a craft lager or a wheat beer or something like that. But uh, I think the more that you can kind of spread the love of craft beer, uh, I think it's better for everybody in the long. Awesome. And you're drinking better beer. Yeah. Not to knock the big guys because they make a great product, uh, just not a lot of variety uh, in what they do, and um, and uh, flavor flavor profile is somewhat limited. I think when you get into craft, obviously you get uh, you get a lot of a uh, lot of different stuff, a lot of different uh, variety and innovation, and, and, and so on. So uh, drink craft beer, drink local craft beer, drink Marshall beer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, cool. man. Thank you for being on the Loki podcast. Yeah, and, my pleasure, man. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, and I want to um, just say, drink up Marshalls. See <laughs> you guys you. later. Thanks, man. <laughs> You're welcome. Want to thank you guys again for listening to the Low Key Podcast. Now, if you like us, go review us. Go give us stars on iTunes. Go subscribe to us. Share us with your friends. And go like us on Instagram and follow us on Facebook. But want to give a big shout out to Eric Marshall. Thanks for letting us sit with you and talk with you about Marshall's and hear your story. If you're in the Tulsa area, go to their tap room. Check out Elgin Park. Um, Marshall's is fantastic. And their beer is so delicious. So go try them out. They sh- if you're in Tulsa, you can get them anywhere in Tulsa. Um, but they are a local place in Tulsa. So thank you, Eric Marshalls. Go grab some of their stuff. Go drink some of their stuff. Go check them out on Facebook. Go check out their website, marshallsbrewing.com. And also go like them on Facebook. You know, Go see what they're doing. So want to thank you guys again for listening to the Low Key Podcast and coming in and hearing the stories of all these local shops. It's been fun. It's been great. Um, So it's nice. It's easy. It's low-key, guys. I'll see you later.